I mean by the panic button. You know, we're not going to dramatically change who and what we are at this juncture. Uh, we're not resistant to change for the purposes of getting better, but we're not going to be so unsteady that we move away from our compass. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. All right, that's uh, Mike Tomlin talking at the press conference yesterday and saying, look, you know, we're not going to be who we're not, okay? So let me just sum it up in a Chuck Nolism, okay? Change for the sake of change is no change, and that's as simple as you can get it. You got to be true to who you are. Your North Star has gotten you thus far in your coaching career, your quarterback career, your offensive line career, all the different elements that come into putting together a football team. Those things all come together. But the bottom line is to change just for the sake of change, all you're going to do is hurt yourself. And Max, I simply think in my mind, you know, you've got to understand that the simple facts are the people in that room, they have all the answers to all the questions because it's found within the men that got to go out there and get it done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of your problems and solutions are in the same place. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they it, are. it's all, yeah, it's all encompassing and it's about w- what you choose to do from this point forward. And you know, you're go you have these guys in place in a position on this team to affect change. And they saw something in each individual that made them say, hey, these guys can help us do this. Now it's up to those individuals to believe that and work every day towards actually proving that theory correct. And, you know, I mean, yeah, it's a tough point at this point. But like Coach Thomas said, I don't think it's time to push the panic button. I think we've kind of laid that out uh, already this week, Monday and Tuesday. Now we're here at Wednesday, right? We've already talked about the 24-hour mourning period or frustration period or pissed-off period, whatever period you want to call it. For 24 hours, you did that. And now we've now we've moved on to the next page. But now Wednesday is officially, page has turned. New chapter is started today because this is draft one of the new game plan to go and play against Green Bay. It so, is. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let, Finish your thought, man. I was just going to say, so so, so let, let's focus on that and how they can get better at this point. Okay. Let's take a for instance, okay? How about a counter trap? All right? Counter trap is pretty simple. All right? There's nothing wrong with the play in and of itself, is it? All right? If there's no penetration yeah. on the front side, right, Max? Everybody gets their down, right. block, uh, down blocks. You get your back block from the center. If there's no leakage on the back side. If the lead trapper gets his movement that he should get inside and out and the trail man is able to turn up in a hole and then the back finds a hole, you got to play, correct? Correct. All right, so that's exactly what you do to run a counter trap. Let's go with um, inside straight gap blocking, like the first play of the game. All right, you remember the first play of the game, they come out. Let's see, I think they were in in, uh, 11 personnel. So Cincinnati, they come out with nickel. All right, so you've got – you got a uh, inside eye on one side, and you got a three technique on the other. You got defensive ends, two linebackers. All right, so you got six, seven guys in the box, depending on whether or not that safety jumped up in there. I can't remember exactly at this moment, but here's the point: it's basically two double teams at the point of attack. You know, you got the tackle walling off on the front side. That would be um, that would be Danny Moore on the defensive end. He gets inside position. He does it. They have a double team, okay? They move the double team a little bit. You know, could have been more. On the backside, you got Trey, you got Chooks. 
Uh, a little bit, he, uh, Trey bumps the guy out over Chooks a little bit. Then he gets up to the linebacker. So you got people on people, and they get four yards. They grind away. Nothing wrong with that. Schematically, there's nothing wrong with it. Everybody's accounted for. The only problem was, was that on the bunch side, all right, you had James Washington, who was responsible for the eighth man in the box. He whiffed on him. So that guy, Jesse Bates, blows up the B-gap on the on the front side, right? And then and yeah. so Najee's got to go the other way. Well, he still grinds out for four yards. Schematically, everything is covered. Fundamentally, they weren't all done right because you got sit- situations and issues. You know, one of the things yeah. that Mike talked about yesterday, and, and I'd like to hear you hear your thoughts on it, is the fact that number one is, you know, you've got to think about schematics. What are your strengths? Okay, then the number two thing is your fundamentals. Okay. You got to work on your fundamentals. You got to be fundamentally strong and develop your your you know your your skill set each and every day of each and every week. And then the third thing is you got to gain wisdom or understanding from what you've just done. So we can apply those to anything, you know, any any of the plays out there. But it's important. Number one is schematically just what we talked about, right? There's nothing wrong with the schematics of the of the uh, that occurred on the counter trap or on the straight run. No, there's not. But like you said, there, there's nuances, right? There, there's one person here. There's one person there, and not, and it shows that not all eleven people are on the same page. Um, so that's where you hope that you're getting to that point, and that you can get to a point where you feel better about it, or at least guys know where they're supposed to be in it, or they understand what they did wrong and they know how to correct it. I mean, that's, that, that comes back to the self-analysis, right? The self-critical right. analysis of yourself. If I'm James Washington, I'm writing in my little notebook, right? Okay, counter, counter trap. I whiffed on, on, on the safety that came down. I was at the point of the bunch. Right. I'm responsible for number eight or number seven that falls in the box. Right. And I did not get him. So how do I do that next? That's going to be the question. That's the whole thing. Okay, let's just take it first play from scrimmage. All right, we got straight gap blocking. Again, it's just a straight run by Najee. All right, you got you got uh, nickel personnel. Your schematics are two double teams at the point of attack. So you take a look at your fundamentals. One of the fundamental problems was that uh, Kendrick Green was a little bit high. Kevin Dotson came ripping off, was low, flat back, and, Ke- and, and Kendrick Green was a little high, so he loses leverage. Now, in and of itself, that's not a killer, uh, essentially, but you got a 350-pounder sitting in that gap, so that does take away some of your power and ability to move the big man, right? So yeah. you know what you got to do next time, the wisdom that you gain uh-huh. from that. Oh, oh, it, it's low, low and fire off. And, <laughs> Lower and also go- flat back, yes. Yeah, and go at a forty-five degree angle too. Don't <laughs> yeah. step up and at. Step step out and out and away. You've got yeah, exactly <laughs> so. You know, what I mean, that's the whole thing. You've got to you've yeah. got to learn from what happens. So your fundamentals. The other thing is, you know, your your bunch right. Okay, with eleven personnel, you got James Washington. You got, um, I think uh, it was Clay uh, Chase Claypool, or or it was uh, Juju was there, right? But you got. A situation where you got to come inside and pick off that guy. You got to go like crazy. You can't ease your way into that. You've got to cut off that eighth man screaming up there, Jesse Bates. And you got so James Washington knows. Okay, next time we run that, we got to do something different. I got to get in front of him somehow yeah. or something. But I can't tiptoe in there, right? But well, that's the thing. You, you have to be. A, you have to be a willing combatant, right? That that's where that's where it has to be, and that's what you know. And 
I hate to say this because I'm like, my example just happens to be one of the best blocking wide receivers of all time. But Heinz Ward, <laughs> you know, it, it, I mean, yeah, right? yeah, it, it's like, yeah, so, uh, yeah, next time you do this, I need you to part the Red Sea like Moses, okay? <laughs> uh, but, but, anyways, uh, you know, Heinz was one of those, like, he came in, he just knew, hey, you know what? I have to go as fast and as hard as I can to this dude because I have to get there because. Bussy's depending on me. Willie Parker's depending on me. Richard Mendenhall's depending on me. Whoever's at the backfield running the football is depending on me. And for Hines, he just knew he had to sell out and get that play. Whether it was that at the at, you know at the point in the bunch on twenty two double, or if it was if it was encounter, or if he was cutting off the backside eighth man, like selling it in the motion after the snap. Like those are the things that you have to sit there and say, I've got to be able to do these things. And I've got to be able to go in and be willing because I know that if he do, if, if I do that for him, guess what? It comes back around to me when he's picking up a blitzing backer when he's in pass pro and it potentially gives me that extra second I need to get a step away from the, from the defender to get my big play. All of it works together. It's synergistic, right? Ooh, you know, that's help a your big buddy word. Out, your buddy helps you. Yeah. Uh, be, my mom there. would be so proud of you, Max, just hearing yeah. you hit that, that synergistic word, man. Yeah, that's right. You know, you ha- it has it has a special flow to it. I played Scrabble <laughs> yesterday, so that's why my words are, are good right now. Uh, but I think that that's kind of where it has to be that balance. Like guys have to understand that everything works together. All eleven help each other. It moves everything. You know, it's all the cogs in the wheel, right? You know, to get everything right. going so that so that the machine works. And that's what we're having one piece here and there that's not working and kind of messing up the machine. Well, when Mike Tomlin talked about, you know, the the fact is schematics, playing to your strengths, fundamentals, and gaining knowledge, again, that's all part of what you learn on each and every play. Again, we just talked about the fundamentals of that straight 22 power, whatever you call it in our day. That was just a a P12, okay? So here's the other thing about it. What, what do you have to gain knowledge out of it? Well, you come back in the second quarter, and by golly, you motion James Washington across from the bunch, and you go to the other side, and, and Najee cuts it back because he reads the hole, and you rip it for a 10-yard gain, which was negated, unfortunately, by holding call. But you come back and run the play again because the play is a valid play. It's a valid yeah. play. It gained four yards the first time, a first down the second time, and over, what, uh, 17, 20 yards on the third time? Um, that's yeah. a valid play. Schematically, it was blocked. Fundamentally, there were some not so great things, but they worked it out, and you get better. And then, of course, you learn from it, and you motion instead of putting a bunch. These are things that you do on each and every play, the self-assessment that you're always talking about, the corrections yeah. that we need to make, and then understand that that's how it's done. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's something that that's the learning of it, and that's what – when you talk about old school Steelers and you get into the four minute offense at the end of games, right? If you have enough of those good plays. Guess what? You challenge that team. You say, you know what? I'm going to run that same play at you three times in a row. And I dare you to stop it because we're getting a first down before you stop it. <laughs> You're right under the that, God of coach that, Knowles that, box, buddy. Yeah. And coach Cower, same way. Coach Cower was like running at him again, again, again. And I remember one time we literally ran, 36 power three times in a row to end a game. And the team, you could look in their eyes, they had this look. Yep. It was just a blank face, the thousand yard stare, because they had no answer. And we just kept running at them. And 
that's where you need to get to. But it takes practice. It takes reps. Like you said, you get better and better and better the more you do something. So you have to keep doing it in order to get better at it. <laughs> Max, I'm going to give you an example because I think Coach Cower learned from the guy in front of him, and that would be yeah. Chuck Knoll. And one of the things that happened was in the early 80s, we were playing the Browns at Three Rivers, and it was down to under two minutes, and we had a first down at the two-yard line. Chuck calls sprint right pick. Now all that is is Terry rolling to the right, and you've got – literally a pick in the end zone between Stallworth and Swan and those guys. And literally back in the early 80s, that's an in, un, you, can't, you can't defense the play, given the defenses they had back then. It's really, yeah. if you execute correctly, all right, no problem. So on first down, we run sprint right pick, incomplete. Second down, Chuck signals in, sprint right pick, incomplete. Third down, now we're, you know, we're in the huddle and, 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 Terry's looking over, and Chuck is signaling, sprint, right, pick, right? Now, Terry's, like, looking at him, and then you can see Chuck getting a bulldog look, and Terry comes in, and, and we're like, are you kidding me? And he comes in, sprint, right, pick, incomplete. Now we got fourth down. They were calling out, that the Browns were calling out, sprint, right, pick on third down. Terry calls timeout. He goes over to the sidelines, and we're watching from the field as Terry is face-to-face with Chuck. Chuck listens for about 15 seconds, and then the eyebrows come down together. The bulldog look takes over, and you see him just mouth the words, run it. And you know what's coming. Everybody in the stands knows what's coming. It's coming. 65,000 people know sprint right pick is coming. The Browns are calling out, and we score the touchdown, win the game on the last play. And it's like, but Chuck says afterwards, yeah, you may know it's coming, but can you stop it? And that's the thing about it. It's the execution of the play. And it was, that's mentality yeah. right there. That's mentality right there. That 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 is, that is listen. I see that I need a small ball pin hammer. You know what? All I got is a sledgehammer, guys. So we're going to use this sledgehammer, and we're going, we're, we're, we're going to knock something in. I don't know what it is. If it's a hole in the wall or if it's this nail, we're going to punch it in. I don't care what it is. Exactly <laughs> so. It. You know, and that's the way. But, but see, you know, it's having that attitude of knowing. Okay, you know your people, you know your personnel. That's part of the schematics, playing to your strengths. And Chuck knew that if you run it correctly, if you run it the way he designed it, if you run it exactly the way he taught it to everybody, you can't cover that in the end zone with guys like Swan and Stallworth running. Let's basic, basically, let's remember, it was called back then sprint right pick. There was no quote-unquote rub routes there. They, they were picking the guy, they got away with it on the fourth one, <laughs> and you get the touchdown. You know, but that's that's part of coaching, and that's part of the schematics, the fundamentals, and the gaining of wisdom. And you know, we can apply that again, and we will apply it to some more because I want to give you a couple, couple uh, other examples. But we got to go to break, I think, before we head out and and go down this road. Jacob, got to go. Yeah, we got to wind up. Okay, we're gonna go to break. We'll come back with more. It's Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio.
is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back to the locker room, everybody. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas in the locker room, and we're discussing the three ways to get better that Mike Tomlin outlined yesterday in the press conference. One is the schematics that you got to play to your strength. Second is fundamentals, getting better at your fundamentals, executing your fundamentals, being fundamentally sound, fundamentals all over the place there. And the third is gaining knowledge and understanding from what just transpired. And Max, you know, if you go, we go from the first play of the game, which was an inside gap blocking straight power scheme. All right, we go, we get second and six. Now we got the counter trap. And the counter trap to me is, that's a solid play against just about any defense you want to throw at it. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a solid play, especially with a 4-3 schematic, right? You uh, you want to you have both all four down linemen taken care of. You have both backers in the box taken care of. Uh, but the problem is, is execution, right? I think that's where you kind of get down to it. And there's some nuanced things. Like, you look at it on its face, you're in 13 personnel. Right. You got, you got, you got, you got deuce left, right? You got two tight ends on the left. You motion Ebron over to come back to the right side and at the point, and you're like, okay, we got base, down block, back, puller, right? Puller right. has a play side back. Right. When you look at it, it looks good. It, it looks like, oh, this is going to be a great play, but your puller misses misses the front side backer that's filling. Right. Right. Because he's Correct. coming downhill faster than you expect. Right. You pass him, you let you let Pat pick him up. Right. And Pat tries to get him. And then now you're Kevin Dotson. You do a basketball spin move in the hole. Right. To try and wall. And Ebron whiffs on his guy on the, on the front side. Exactly. So let me ask you this. That's yeah. like a three-car pileup in the uh, Fort Pitt tunnels, right? What's that mean? Correct. Nobody's getting through the tunnels, okay? Yeah. Nobody's. That was, sa- that was Saturday in Pittsburgh <laughs> afternoon. My buddy who's coming from Washington, PA, to come meet me. Right. He's coming down through, and he can't get off the tunnel because there's an accident at 376. Right. There's an accident on, on the Fort Pitt Bridge, <laughs> and then the West End Bridge has an accident, and he's sitting there like, I can't go anywhere. <laughs> I can't go anywhere. Everything's backed up, Max. It's an hour later. I'm still looking at the same stuff. That's essentially what you had on this play. You had exactly you you had all of this pile, and then there was a procedural penalty on top of that. Yes, because Ebron wasn't set. Yes, when the ball was snapped, so it's like, oh god, it's like everything that could go wrong went wrong on that play. Just like having an accident, one person waiting to the last minute to merge over. Right? Yeah, we, we we all have done there. We all been there. Try to get in the right lane to the very last second, and you knife into the to the lane to the left, and you throw everything off, and you possibly get rear ended. Because you're not paying attention ahead of time and merging appropriately instead of waiting to the last second. And that's what Kevin Dawson did. He came around the corner. He should he should have been coming tight off that guard's butt. Right. But correct. a little loose. Linebacker knifes, messes up Pat. Now you got Dotson trying to do his reverse pivot, you know, box out scheme. Right. Trying to get the rebound. And then Ebron is there and Ebron's just Lost he, in the lost in the sauce. So he 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 is in there piling up things, and now you got Najee yeah. looking for a hole that that is non-existent. Okay, it doesn't and it happen. Bounces to the outside, and yeah, you it's know, all so, for not. So there, there you have, yeah, exactly. So so the schematics were sound. The fundamentals on the down block sound, down block sound, down block sound, back block, whatever you. They all worked there, but the kick out 
One of the things you learn that you gain wisdom from is if you're the trapper, you want to run up into the line, meaning you want to be right off the heels of the guard tackle front side, making sure that you're not running flat line down there because what you'll do is you'll have a guy get to your inside and you put yourself in limbo, in conflict, as they say. Do I go here or do I continue by? And you should be picking up the first guy, log him. The second guy will either kick out, turn up, what have you, and then the back just follows you. One of the things that technically you can do, and you've run the counter trap before, as, yeah. as I played, if I'm playing guard, I'm getting up in the line of scrimmage as tight as I can. But if I yeah. am the trailer, and this is the way we used to back in the day, Max, uh, tackle, all right, we'd pull backside guard and tackle instead of the tight end or H back or whatever fullback uh, as a trailer, um, I would get to the outside hip of the guard so that I could either kick out or turn up and be able to see it because I was kind of short. You know, if I was running yeah. behind you, I would never see the guy in front. But if you're running, run if I was, daylight, running, Wolf. If run I was running in front of you, baby, you could see right over the top of me. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> but you know well, what I'm talking about. These are the yeah. these are the wisdom things that you pick up from it. Or the well, understanding. And also, and also, you know, the one thing that that I also learned because we used to we still ran the counter tray as well with a tackle every once in a while, but more often it was with tight. I did. We were always taught to get a little bit more depth. Right in the guard. The guard's going to pull tight. You take that extra hinge back step so that you can go up and in so you can hit that hip a lot square and be square to the line of scrimmage so that you can see and react a lot easier. So if it is a log, boom, you're off the butt and you're just, you're just washing and creating the wall. Or if a guy is kicking out, I now can kind of pivot and go straight north and south and hit that backer that, that's sitting in, in the B-gap. So – there's so many different nuances, but it takes those reps to understand that. And for Kevin, he's still learning how to pull because I'm sure on that one he was like, okay, I need to get a little bit more depth to get tighter off that guard's hip if I need to get squarer because this guy wants, wants to red dog, what we call it, right? He, want, he, want, he wants to plug. As soon as he see down block, he wants to fill right off that guard's butt. I now know that that's in, that's in my knowledge bank. And now I know how to adjust for it in the future so I can create the proper log so Friar Move can dig out the second-level defender. And this is what uh, Mike really means about not panicking. Look, you don't change what you do just because right now you've got a situation where, you know, the guy at the point of attack didn't make the block. The trapper didn't make the block. The trailer ran into a two-car pileup that became a three-car pileup with the pulling guard. And then you let your back. You got to get it right, and you got to work on your fundamentals. Now, the nice thing was two weeks ago um, against the Raiders, when they ran the counter trap, they got penetration on the front side. Guess what? They didn't get any penetration on the front side. You know what? They got the block back, which they didn't get against the Raiders. They got the block back this time. So, again, head there across was... the bow instead of behind the bow. Yes. Right? Exactly. So front side right. numbers versus the backside numbers. That was what you learned because you ran it again. Yes. You didn't abandon it, you didn't scrap it. We need to rep it again because he's going to get it this time. Exactly so. And that's the process that what we want to do is always with the, with the the folks in the locker room is we want to educate, educate as best we can, and hopefully yeah. that we're able to communicate it because sometimes I get a little begoggled and, you know, you get into the weeds and before you know it, I'm talking about things I have got no business talking about. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That, that was the problem. See, you're going to learn – Real quick that, you know, what Tunch had to learn, too. Sometimes I'm off on a tangent that I'm looking around going, okay, what was that all about? 
<laughs> yeah. So you just blacked out. You're like, whoa, hey, what I just, hello. <laughs> okay, what hey. happened there? You know, hey. it's like well, my... old school Will Ferrell, right? You black out in the debate. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, exactly. So that's like my puppy Toto, right? We got a little shorky, you know, and, and, and that, uh, you know, sometimes you get rubbing, rubbing the belly a little bit and all of a sudden it's puppy just blacks out. She just blacks out. What? What happened? What happened there? You know, that's the way it is sometimes you get here. All right. The number's 412-919-1316. Get ready to get some calls in here. You know, the other thing about it is, you know, um, you, you, you can't have these ginormous changes in midstream. These are things that you adjust to and adhere to in the offseason, you know, you're getting your OTAs, you're getting your, all your preseason stuff, and th- you decide, okay, this is the way we want to go. One of the ways that they wanted to go was the run game, and hopefully we're going to get the run game going. But circumstances be as they are, uh, you ended up throwing the ball 58 times on Sunday, and that's that's not winning football, man. I mean, you're putting – you're. It's too it's too much passing, especially this early in the year. You need to get yourself some good gear grinding run attacks. And one of the things we've been talking about is, you know, just the basis of on what we've just watched in the first two plays of the game. You learn from those first two plays of the game. Yeah, I mean, and and that's that's the frustration, right? You know, because it's like, okay, the microcosm and the, and the ripple effect it causes later in the game is you do have the one play that breaks out, but then you get a holding penalty. And now we talk about that being a net. Right, we didn't even start talking 20. about the, whole, uh, the, the penalty. Sorry, continue. Yeah, but, but that sets you up to where you're like, okay, we want to go again, right? But then you get a penalty again. And now that 10-yard gain now becomes a 10-yard loss from the line of scrimmage. So you've lost 20 total yards, right? Right. Net negative gain of 20. And you're like, well, if we're going to do that, I might as well just throw swing passes because it eliminates that, right? Which they so, did. So now me- mentally, that's where you go. And that, that's not the right trigger to have. But when you're at first and 20, instead of a fresh new set of first and 10, you're like, I have to pass to get that yardage back because a run is not going to get us the yardage back necessary because they're, they're, they're not going to they're going to be expecting it. And so – you try and out-scheme yourself when sometimes the simplest thing is, okay, we have to get better this next drive. Let's try and get out of the hole, and then let's see if we can get forward. But that never gives you rhythm. That was another thing. The penalties disrupted the rhythm of the run oh, game. Oh, man, yes. Because the run game is, is, like, is like a perfect symphony, right? Everybody has to be. The strings have to be there. The brass have to be there. The percussion has to be there. You know, your woodwinds have to be on point, and everything sounds great. You have one person that pulls out the cowbell at the wrong time. Cowbell. And messes up a messes up a perfect symphony. <laughs> but when you play the cowbell when it's supposed to, or you hit the little whip sound, if you're doing the Christmas carols, it comes out great. But the problem is when you have it in the wrong place. When you have a cowbell where it's supposed to be tambourine, right? <laughs> it doesn't sound the same. It just doesn't sound the same. It doesn't work. And then, and then now we're like, well, what am I listening to? Or what am I watching at this moment? Football's that same way. Everybody has their role, and you must play as the sheet music r- dictates it, like a play. You must do everything you're supposed to do, or else it's all messed up. Cowbell. I love that. Need more yeah. cowbell. Explore the <laughs> Always room. Need more cowbell. I love that. Explore yeah. the room. You know, Explore make- the room. Let it go. Make it yours. <laughs> 
That, yeah, baby. <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris Walken and, and Will Ferrell, that was tremendous. That was one of my favorite skits that, they, that I've ever seen out there. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So then we've, we've covered the first two, okay? Now, if, let's put it to a gaffe, all right? We're talking about the fact three ways to get better. Schematics, playing to your strengths, fundamentals, all right, and gaining knowledge and understanding, okay? If you go to the, uh, the first – uh, interception. I think it was in the second quarter when Ben got hit by Hubbard. Remember, Hubbard was stacked. You got four bigs, but only three with their hand in the dirt. Do you remember that, Max? So you got yes, three I defensive do. linemen, and Hubbard is playing the middle linebacker as a stand-up guy. You've got two outside linebackers. Okay, you still have nickel personnel, but they're just lined up in different places. So what you've got is – a to me, from what I saw in the film and what I uh, watched during the game, it's a wall right. So you got a wall right, and you turn out with your right tackle, right guard, center, and then you've got, uh, you know, on the backside, you got the, the left guard sitting down base, and the left tackle is basically on an island. Now you got the two outside linebackers, but what happened, it looked like they went wall right and turn left, which now this may be something technically different in the modern era, but in my day, you would never do that. All right, and it depends on who the quarterback identified as Mike. You know, you got four bigs, and then you got two outside linebackers, uh, 59 on one side to the left and 55 uh, uh, to the right. So now you got one back, and he's got to pick up the opposite guy, right? And they go turn, and Hubbard comes free, and he hits Ben in the middle throwing it, and that's the first interception by Logan Wilson. Now, that's either a screw-up. You know, uh, by Najee or the quarterback identifying, misidentifying the mic or the line and not, you know, and going with the wall right and turn left. That's that's just spreading yourself too thin. Well, the problem is, is that, you know, in that one, because that, that's the old tree. It's called the old trio blitz back when I played. OK, because you would line up the middle guy, you know, is a known rusher MDM, right? He, he's right. automatically most MDM dangerous man a, because he is a known rusher. So you have to take him. The problem is when you turn left, you've identified 59 as being a part of your known rushers, and you turn off the free guy. Well, what happens is, right, you turn left, Hubbard scrapes to the right, opposite the flow of the turn. Yes. And so Najee is not thinking about picking up the mic because that's one of the known rushers. Yes. So he's like, the right tackle, right guard, one of them have to come off to get that guy because he's going to that edge man who's actually rushing. Because Logan Wilson, you remember, drops back. The guy that they identified as the Mike, right? He he's starts, on the edge of the line. Yes, and he drops yeah. off. Yeah, he drops off. So now you've turned essentially to no, no more land, and now the overloads to the opposite side. Right, because you got two and, guys on one: Najee, Dan yeah. Moore on one guy. Yeah. So so it makes it so it makes it a very tough improvisation. What I would have loved to have seen was no turn, just man ID. Yes, man ID at that point. Set back and let them come to you. And then let Najee kind of kind of freelance because he's in the backfield with the quarterback. He can scan left to right or right to left and take the middle of everything. Because that's where a bulk of your rushers are. The biggest bodies are in the middle of this situation. So that's one where I think you could have been better, right? Either either the mic ID could have been remiked. Right. Or you don't turn them, and you just identify it as man, as man, as a man protection as opposed to a turn protection. Exactly. So, yeah. And you know what? Yeah. Now you've gained wisdom and understanding. You understand yeah. that you know that things got subard because this is a yeah. 
you know, a family show, and so it's screwed yeah. up beyond all recognition. When well, you it's still guys, a foobar, you know, it's no, still a foobar. Well, I, I'll go yeah. with subar, okay? Screwed up. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll settle with that, yeah. okay? But, but, no, I mean, but it's but only it's for six... adults to know, that, to know what the foo is, okay? <laughs> the kids don't know what the, they, they don't know a, foo We can soup. stay away from <laughs> that, okay? Yeah. All right. But, but the fact is you got, you've got a situation where it's six on six, and you got to count for six guys unless you throw hot. And there was no throwing hot there. That was that was just a mess well, up. There was, yeah, yeah, there was there was no there was no hot opportunity there because you did have the guys spread out. So you yeah. didn't it wasn't like you had an inline tight end. Well usually when you throw hot, right. tight ends attached to the line and he can run a l- a little just hook route right there and just sit down uh on the zone and be a be a safety blanket. Uh but in that when you have I think it was double twins uh in that formation. I'm trying to remember now. Twins. I can't yeah, remember. You know, I think it was. I think it was. I think it was double twins. So it makes it a little bit tougher on the hot. Okay, there we go. All right. So <laughs> as we forage ahead, we will continue in this manner. But just just remember, in whatever shape or form, that if you there's three ways to get better: schematics, <laughs> fundamentals, yeah. and gaining knowledge. Okay, we'll be back with more in the locker room. Wolf Starks and the Ninjas. And Starks, presented by your neighborhood Ford store on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, so, you know, we've been talking about, you know, the, the techniques of getting better that Mike Tomlin, uh, you know, highlighted. And three ways to get better are schematics, playing your strengths, fundamentals, doing all that stuff, and gaining knowledge and wisdom and so forth from it. And uh, we're going to shift now because one of the things that Dick LeBeau always used to say was, you know, I got to be such a better coach and defensive coordinator when I had guys like Greg Lloyd and, and Rod Woodson and Carnell Lake. And, you know, it's all about the Jimmys and Joes rather than the uh, X's and O's, Max. And one of the things that I believe is so important is going to be so important is that some of those guys that missed uh, last week, guys like T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, and Deontay Johnson, they're scheduled to resume practicing this week. And I think that is significant because there's a lot of ills that can be made up for and a lot of schematics that can be uh, changed because of the fact your Jimmys and Joes just jumped up. Well, I think that's the biggest thing, right? When you, ha- but and also the key to that is, well, you got to have them available. <laughs> you have the Jimmy's availability, yes. <laughs> availability is the best ability. Uh, so, I mean, I, when you look at that, I mean, you've got the skill guys. Like the front line of your depth chart is fantastic, but we've been testing the depth of it as of late. And so, you know, the premise, the hope this week going into Green Bay is that you get some of those frontline guys back, right? I mean, they've been out a couple weeks. Let's see how they respond. Hoping for a T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith to kind of make their way in. We'll figure right. out about Chooks 
as we get further through. Also with Kendrick Green, right? Um, He's supposed to start practicing again, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, if we can get those guys back, because that's what's going to build this team is getting those guys that need the reps into into the games and also the guys who we depend on into the mm-hmm. games as well. Because, you know, it's a tough proposition. I mean, already going into a game being down your top two pass rushers is already daunting enough. Yes. But then having a practice squad promotion uh, for a guy you just signed and then also having a guy who had 16 career snaps is not what you want on the defensive side of the ball when you're trying to go up against an improved team like the Cincinnati Bengals. And so that puts you in a tough situation. Luckily, we were at least able to have Joe and uh, and Devin back. I'm sure they weren't completely healthy, but they were healthy enough to play. So that's the goal and the hope when we're looking at offense, uh, defense is that if we could just get some of those guys back because the rhythm that we had in game one when you had TJ, when you had Mel, when you had Alex Highsmith, and those guys were rotating in a three-man rotation, it was, it was like a three-man weave in basketball. I don't know if you ever played basketball, Wolf. Yes, I did. But Yeah, but you don't know, Okay, you know drill. okay, tell me if you okay. can beat this, okay? okay I got in the game right. one time, one minute to go in the second quarter, all right? And then I started third quarter. It was, what, eight minutes into the third quarter, I fouled out. <laughs> it wasn't very good, def- in other words. I Definitely, you have me beat there. You have me beat there. Uh, I was a starter, so I usually made it to, from first to fourth with my five fouls. Um, usually gave about two to three. Um, if it was an especially bad night, if the referee was like, this kid's too much bigger than the other guy and he's overpowering him, then I'd probably get in foul trouble. Uh-huh. But, uh, <laughs> but more often than not, you know, we had this drill in practice where you start at one baseline from the opposite basket and you work all the way down and you can't dribble. Right. Uh, and it's three players. So they call it the three-man weave. Everybody takes their two steps, passes, passes. You keep doing it back and forth to where you're not – the ball's not being touched on the ground. That's what you had with, with essentially the three outside backers. Right? You had Highsmith. Right. You had TJ. Then you had uh, Melvin. And each of them would weave in for plays and do different things. And everybody was keeping each other fresh to make sure nobody was dropping the ball. Right. And so – that's kind of what you had, and we kind of lost that. And, you know, with, with injuries, you know, started, started the kind of the cascade effect, right? Cascade. TJ goes out to say, it's yeah, more than just TJ. dishwashing soap. That's right. That's right. It's a beautiful waterfall. The effervescence we were looking for uh, after a long walk in the woods. Uh, <laughs> but, but that's what you missed, and you tried to manufacture that with Melvin, Tuska, and Jameer Jones. Yes. But – that's not the same three-man weave because there's a requisite experience gap there, right? There's and talent. Knowledge and ta- very much so in the talent department. But so you threw the bodies out there, but you didn't have the actual physical talent to go with it. So that's the hope. You can get Alex back, you can get TJ back, and hopefully create a type of rotation that we had against Buffalo because that was what we were expecting to see. That's what we got for six quarters, and then the wheels fell off. You know, we lose TJ at halftime of that Raiders game. And then Alex finishes the game, but then he has a groin because he's trying to play through the injury. So both of them got a week off. Hopefully they feel better. And, you know, with the travel, going to Green Bay, you hope they can rest up as much as possible and be ready to play on Sunday because we're going to need all hands on deck when you look at what Green Bay has done so far. Uh, but that's the hope. But this is draft one, right? This is day one. Absolutely. So we just need to see them. 
I'll take an LP over a DNP. Limited <laughs> practice participant versus a did not practice. So that's exactly on the lookout for today going into the show tomorrow to see if we have some progress here. Because I think that's the biggest thing is that right now you, you need that inspiration, right? When you've been bogged down in the trenches, you need you need that you need that one guy to throw that grenade and let and let it loose and let it fly so you can say you know what we got a break in the action guys we can now start continue to storm. <laughs> you know what's so funny was my son was at West Point and I called him one time you know he was he went to West Point and graduated I said what'd you learn today he said we were throwing grenades today I said what <laughs> how to throw grenades I never even got to do that I would have loved to do that. You know, yeah. well, as long as you know, you, 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 anyhow, as long as you don't hold it, as yeah. long as you don't hold it, as long as you don't hold it, get rid of it. All right, pull I think the pin, you, throw it, baby. <laughs> Jacob, do we got time to go to one call? Okay, we got one call. All right, let's go to let's go to sarcastic sword from parts unknown. We'll get a call in here. All right. Hey, good morning, guys. Uh, Max, it won't be long before your word uh, synergistic uh, is is outdone by wolves. <laughs> Synergisticology. Uh, I've learned that wolf just add O L O G Y to any word, and, and you've got your own word there. It uh, works, uh, doesn't it, baby? It, it sure does. It's worked for years. Hey, a co- quick comment and question. Uh, uh, you don't have to add into this, but the one thing last year's uh, underperformed offensive line and this year's have in common, it's the absence of Mike Munchak. Now, I know he's not the be-all and end-all, but I think he's one of the best offensive line minds in the game or maybe ever. And there's a lot of teams that have won Super Bowls uh, without him as a player or as a coach. But for this young, inexperienced group, I really think his absence is uh, is is duly noted, and I, I I don't know if they'd have won these last couple games, but without him, uh, I really think you're missing something, and that's kind of water over the dam. Uh, my question, uh, well, first of all, you guys really have showed us in the last 40 minutes or so how how complicated uh, offensive line play is. We really take it for granted, but just listening to both of you, uh, it really gives us an education and and opens our eyes as to what goes on, and it's certainly a lot more than than it looks like on television. My question, uh, the the tight ends, do they sit in on the offensive line uh, uh, coaching or uh, at practice? Are they with the offensive line for the blocking that you – mentioned or are they on the uh, receivers end uh or both as far as where they are during practice all right let me i'll answer first then max because in my day the tight ends were with us part-time and with the wide receivers part-time whether it's passing or run blocking day that sort of thing max same same deal here you get you get usually about a 10 minute individual we talked about there being about 20 25 minutes of individual period they usually come in about five to seven minutes and work with the tackles mainly on double team blocks or any type of combination blocks with them, and then they go back with the receivers and the meeting rooms as well. Well, the meeting it just rooms, raises meeting an are... eyebrow. Yeah. It raises an eyebrow when you hear about you know a tight end missing a block. It just makes me wonder how involved and in sync they are with the offensive line, especially in a, when you're pulling uh, for a run play. Uh, it seems like their absence or not in the flow could be because they're just not with you guys enough to feel comfortable. Well, I, I guess it depends on 
it really depends. You know, Sword, it's all about the, the person. I mean, you look at Zach Gentry. When he got here, he was not much of a blocker. He was 6'12", as Eric Ebron called him, and not a lot else. But that kid has toughened up. He's hardened up. He's put more muscle on. Now, you watch, of the three tight ends, he's the best blocking tight end there. Okay? So, yeah. you know, that's part and parcel of growing. And, and I think Fryermuth would be the same thing because he he's one of those willing, combative guys. I hope so. Uh, to be continued. Uh, As always. You guys. Thank you. Hey, what, like my dad said all the time, are you still here? <laughs> all right, I'll catch you next time. <laughs> That's why we love you, Sword. That's a word of Thanks, advice Sword. coming from the sarcastic Sword. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be done with the first hour. When we come back, we have Jim Wexel from Steel City Insider, and we'll sit down and have a little chit-chat. Coming up next.